The gospel tonight is from John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent by God, from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, this was he who, whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son who is close to the father's heart, who has made him known the Gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. It is so great to see everybody. I hope you had a good long break. I know some of you went back maybe the last couple days after New Year's and some started on Monday and I know it takes a little time to get back into schedules, right? Um, but after being away for a couple Wednesdays, it's good to be back together. Um, like you, receiving Christmas cards in the mail. I received a Christmas card from a friend, and it is entitled 1225ths. And so what they did was write 12 written entries revealing what he and his family were doing on the 25th day of each month in 2019. Talk about organized and intentional. So it wasn't just this like six sentence summary of their whole year, but this detailed account of what each day held. And I read the whole thing and I have to say, it was wonderfully mundane and fascinating. And what it gave me was like a peek into their life with all the various things that life demands, but also these sweet little rest stops. 
And I thought about this Christmas card as we read this a little bit of a tangled um, reading from John's Gospel tonight. And so each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each one of them has the opportunity to write about Jesus coming into this world. And they're all different. We know Luke's version the best, right? We have the nativity scene. So the angel comes to Mary and there's shepherds in the field that receive the message from um, the angels. And Mary and Joseph have their baby in this place that's far away from their home. And it's a story, isn't it? And sometimes it can just seem like that, this story that is beautiful and elusive and when I think of that story, sometimes it's like when you're on a walk and you find a feather and you go, gosh, this is really interesting and different and unexpected. But where did it come from and what does it mean? The entrance of Jesus in John's gospel is so different. And I have to say, instead of being beautiful and elusive, it's fleshy. So if Luke's version is a feather on a path, I think John's version is like a baby back rib sizzling on a smoker or a thick marinated portobello slab for us vegetarians. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm just being inclusive here. Um, the word became flesh is what John tells us and dwells among us. Take that for an image to hold on to in this new year and a new decade, by the way. God comes in flesh to be with us. And maybe that reminds us that God doesn't play it safe or stay clean, that God comes to be with us in everything that it means to be human. This means that there's no place where God won't be. And since God is deciding to come into this world in flesh, it means that this divine force of God is also a human force working in and through everything that this whole life holds. My mom unexpectedly was in the hospital all of Christmas week. So in an instant, everything that we had planned and anticipated for Christmas began to unravel. And we had to shift into this daily rhythm of hospital visits and meeting with doctors. And one night I was leaving the hospital and I took a wrong turn through the walkway that connected the buildings and I got lost. And so I found myself walking through these unknown floors, kind of peeking into patients' rooms of people that I didn't know. And I just noticed things, like there's a room that's labeled soiled linens only. There was this huge lineup of IV carts there was this family waiting area the days before Christmas that was way too packed for this impending holiday. I heard hacking coughs and I heard TVs blaring MSNBC so loud that you could hear it in the hallway. There were people cleaning rooms and delivering meals 
There was a button on the wall that you could push for a code blue alert. And I noticed these big jugs of hand sanitizer sitting neatly next to poinsettia plants and Kleenex boxes on all the counters. If you ever need a reminder of what it means to be human, spend time in a hospital. And I was just tired that night, and I thought to myself, I need a fleshy God right now. I need a God who decides not to stay away, but a God who ruptures the skin between heaven and earth to come down and experience all that can happen to our bodies and our spirits. And I need a God who is not scared of emergency rooms or infections. A God who will show up when life turns upside down. But I had to really work at believing that, that everything that we were experiencing that was so human and so fleshy was not keeping us from God, but rather that was actually the place where God was choosing to be. So often, I think when we talk about faith, we think of it like a feather on the path. Like, oh, I'm going to keep this feather, and I'm going to chuck it in this book, and it's going to be a keepsake. And I hope that maybe I'll find it later. It's a reminder for us, but it doesn't seem like it's relevant or it doesn't connect to where we are in our lives right now. And I don't know, there's just something about John's gospel for me in this time that it feels really gutsy. And John uses this word, believe, and when John uses that word, it's always a verb. It's not a consideration like, I think I should believe. It's an action, a movement, something that we must practice. John says to us tonight, but all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. You see, to believe in this word that became flesh is an ongoing skirmish of stepping out and falling down and then getting back up again. And I think the first step to believing is to attempt to grasp that everything human is everything God. And once we can do this, as John writes, then we know God is with us in everything tidy and also in everything messy. God is not there fixing it or protecting us from what we experience in this life, but instead promising us that he abides there too, staying close to us and bringing that light and that presence there so we can begin to see the way ahead, hallway by hallway, step by step, day by day. And so it's helpful, I think, to think about when we have Holy Communion and we hear Jesus' words. Jesus actually uses the words body and blood. Eating and drinking these physical acts, these very fleshy things. So we can remember, we can go back and say, in this fleshy world, 
This is where God is too. And Jesus knew we needed this reminder. And Jesus knew that this faith could not be feathery and elusive, but it had to be bodily and grainy. A bite of something to taste, a sip of something that we can actually digest to take us back to God and each other. You see, believing takes practice. We're never fully there, and we need reminders along the way. And I think that's why we come to church. We've got to practice this believing over and over again. And oftentimes, when it's, you're not feeling it yourself, someone else next to you does something or says something or maybe just shows up in church to remind you that they're believing too. So a couple Sundays ago between services, um, a family stopped me and their good friends had just experienced three traumatic deaths. And they went to the funeral and they said, Beth, we did not even know what we could say. There was nothing that we could say to make this better. But I took her hand and I looked her in the eyes and I said, I'm going to call you next week and we're going to invite you over for dinner and we're going to sit by the fire. You don't have to bring a thing and we're just going to talk about what you want to talk about. I think that's what believing is. These gutsy actions that don't fix it but just show up and I think that is what the word became flesh and lives among us. And the beautiful thing about this is we all can do it in whatever way it is. And other people will do it to us. And we need that physical reminder. Those things that we can actually hold and attach to and claim when everything else seems out of control. As we plan now for this next year and as we live it out, here tonight that believing is something that we have to do all the time. It's a daily event to wrestle with and to claim this fleshiness of God. And maybe as we resolve what we want to do this year, maybe it's just practicing this believing and then looking around at everything that is around us and noticing, wondering, questioning, God, where are you in this? Because he promises that he is indeed there. And then if you want to get real crazy, maybe you could write your 12 25ths in 2020. Amen. <laughs>